Inspiration, Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi family, welcome back to the Adventist Reflections Podcast. Today we have a very special episode. We talked about it last time. We talked about chapter 8. But we finished after describing some of these beasts that we already talked that were reflective in chapter 7. Now we come to a point where we have more times, more prophecies related to time and days. To talk about that, I have again uh, Pastor Zeni. Zenny, welcome back. How are you going today? Yes, yeah, very good. How are you, Dan? I am well, thank you. I am enjoying the views that I have here in in the Waibe, in Ginger, in Queensland. I'm sitting here and looking at the grass, which is really green. So I think people might be getting sick of hearing that, but after going through the drought, this is such a blessing. So I'm happy to keep on repeating it because it's so, so good to see the greenery. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, Zenny, we are back here in at this point in the book of Daniel, as we've been commenting on, and you've been teaching us various really good, insightful things. And we are taking it from when we left it. And we left it really around that t- time where we had the little horn after the two, the ram and the goat. And we have identified that little horn in previous episodes. In chapter 7, we did that. We, uh, we talked that really all of these characteristics match that um, uh, first the the imperial Rome, the pagan part, and then how he mixed with that religious aspect of, yes, of yes. papal Rome and in the Catholicism. And now we came to that point where we halted and we said, hey, you know, let's stop in here because there is a lot more to talk about. And we, we come to that point in verse 14 of chapter 8 when it talks yes. about 2,300 days. Yes. So I guess one question in my mind is, are the, t- are the 2,300 days the same or different than the 1,260? Look, um, we, will, we will get eventually to 2,300, but um, okay. especially that will become uh, important once the interpretation presents itself naturally, I guess. Okay, okay. But... Yes. Um, Maybe just just for the for the sake of uh, of recapturing what we did last time, mm-hmm. as we know in chapter seven, we encountered four animals and they were hybrid animals. Yes, some that you can kind of compare to ones that we find in nature, like wild animals, but they are still different Mixed. from them. Sure. So sure. they were. A lot, they, Daniel would say they were like a, a, a lion, like mm-hmm. a bear, mm-hmm. like a leopard, you know. Yes. And so we all together we had like four animals in chapter se- in chapter seven, but then in chapter eight, mm-hmm. suddenly it breaks away from this uh, pattern of four that we find in chapter two, and which is and then we find in chapter seven, mm-hmm. and suddenly in chapter eight we find uh, two animals. Okay. Yes. And those two animals are not uh, not only animals that you can find in nature, but these animals are typically in the Old Testament associated with uh, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Even more precisely, those two animals, when mentioned together, mm-hmm. you only find them uh, being part of a sanctuary during the one of the most holy days on okay. the Jewish calendar, which is Yom Kippur. Or Yom Kippur. Judgment. Yes. Yeah. So we found out also while these animals represent again, once again, kingdoms. Yes. And specifically, they represent the kingdom of of either Persia and Greece, they at the same time at the, and at the other level represent something that is also becomes very clear in a text, which is judgment. Okay. Because judgment is part of the scene of chapter eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me compare once again, because constantly we have found these comparisons within the book of Daniel. Sure. So we can clearly compare chapter four and chapter eight. What do I mean by that? Let me just explain. Yes, yes. In chapter four, we have a judgment which was pronounced of Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. We have this scene of a massive tree. Right. So in other words, in the first part of a chapter, you have this massive tree that is seen in a dream. Yeah. But then a second part of a dream, you hear holy ones speaking. Right. What, what you find in verse 13, 14, and 23, it says, after what, I, what is seen, a voice is heard. Also in chapter 8, after what is seen, which is um, ram and goat, a voice is heard. Mm. And both of those voices relate to the voice from heaven mm-hmm. in relation to judgment. In chapter 4, it is specifically a judgment upon Nebuchadnezzar. And in chapter 8, it is a judgment pronounced by heavenly beings also. Uh, but in the context of universal judgment, not just over one specific person, but if you will, over all humanity. Okay. So in chapter four, the Holy One is the one who speaks. Again, in chapter eight, Holy One is the one who speaks. Yes. In chapter four, it is, as I said, it, it's in the context of a judgment that Holy One speaks. And in chapter eight, it's the Holy One who speaks. And again, it's in context in the context of 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 judgment so verse uh, 13 and 14 says then i heard a holy one speaking and another holy one said to him it's like like a conversation between the two Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. here is what holy one says or asks how long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled Mm -hmm. the vision concerning the daily sacrifice the rebellion that causes desolation right. the surrender of the sanctuary and the trampling on the foot of the lord's people mm-hmm. and the answer is this it will take 2300 evenings and mornings until sanctuary will be cleansed and as soon as you hear the expression sanctuary will be cleansed it can't be any clearer the connection that has to be made with yom kippur or a day of judgment. Mm-hmm. Now, bringing it back to the book of Daniel, so what you have in chapter 7, the structure is this. You have beasts or kingdoms. Yes. Yeah. In chapter 8, you have again the same thing, beasts and kingdoms, mm-hmm. or beasts represent kingdoms, basically, yeah? Yes. Then in chapter 7, it's followed by little horn power. Yes. In chapter 8, beasts or kingdoms are also followed by little horn power. Mm-hmm. Again, in chapter 7, you have a judgment that follows. And in chapter 8, you have a judgment that follows. So, in other words, a structure kind of is a key for our understanding of what is going on. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. when we sp- speak broadly about judgment, we obviously need to go to um, Pentateuch or the books of Moses, which speak about the judgment. Right. The best book or the best chapter is in Leviticus chapter 16. Okay. So in Leviticus chapter 16, we have a description of what a judgment or a, a day or Yom Kippur or the day of looks judgment like. looks like. Mm-hmm. On that specific occasion, it's described in Leviticus 16, two iron sons were killed because they took lightly what happens on a day of judgment. Mm-hmm. This was a warning that this event is extremely, extremely important and you mm. cannot take it lightly. You have to do exactly what God says it needs to be done in order for the judgment to be efficient and to go on behalf of saints properly, if you will. Sure. So what happened on the day, there was separation of two goats, the clean and unclean goats. Mm-hmm. And those two goats had two different fates, if you will. They mm-hmm. ended up differently. Mm-hmm. One was sacrificed and the the sins of people were placed on him and mm-hmm. was sacrificed. And the other one was taken into a desert where he mm-hmm. would perish. That's and a scapegoat. Of, that's a scapegoat. Okay. And also the sins of people were placed on him. Right. Also on that day, people were to pray, to fast, and to humble themselves before God. Verse 29. Mm-hmm. And blood of bull was also sprinkled on the atonement cover. Okay. And a high priest, before he would enter and uh, do a service in the sanctuary, he had to wash himself properly. Okay. In Jewish history, in Jewish tradition, we have this sense of of how important this is. In, in their tradition, they would typically read on the day this 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 statement: "We must give all holiness to this day, for it is a day of fear and trembling." Mm. On this day, your reign shall be established and your throne affirmed, mm-hmm. for you are the judge, the prosecutor, and the witness. He who writes and seals, and you will remember the things long forgotten and open the book of memory. Then shall sound the great shofar or the great trumpet, mm-hmm. and the voices of silence shall be heard. Mm-hmm. The angels shall be gripped by fear and trembling, and shall say, "Behold, <clears throat> the day of judgment." Yeah. So it was it was really, really very important day. Mm. So that this this Yom Kippur would proceed with the ten days, or it was known as a festival of trumpets, or you could call it like a probation time. Right. So these ten days were known as the days of preparation for the Yom Kippur. Okay. Okay. So sins of all Israel would be received. Forgiveness of individual sins were received during the perpetual sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So this would happen on on a daily basis. So on a daily yes. basis, this was happening. That's is that the same daily but, mentioned in the book of Daniel chapter? 8? Correct. Okay. But Yom Kippur was, if you will, a backup of other sacrifices and dealt basically with the totality of the people of Israel. Mm, it's like a blanket sacrifice that covers Correct. everybody. Regardless of whether you brought something or not, that covers everybody. Correct. Okay. And the sanctuary was totally purified mm-hmm. on that day. Right. right. So this is this was like a purification of a sanctuary. And we could also say that the sanctuary symbolizes almost like a, a judgment you can equate with the creation. It has cosmic applications. Yes. 
So the judgment was when a high priest presented himself physically before God in the most holy place. Mm-hmm. This only happened once. Right. And this was, this was the only time when pardon was extended beyond individual forgiveness. Okay. So it was given to everyone, to corporately. Okay, so this is when the high priest comes from the courtyard to the holy place. And that was the only time when sin was banished from the camp. Yeah? So biblical theology understands the Israelite sanctuary kind of as representation of the whole world Mm -hmm. which God created. Yes. So uh, Israel's sanctuary is a representation of the whole world which God created and basically how God deals with the problem of sin. Yeah. Okay? So while it, it specifically happened in one nation, in one, one sanctuary, sanctuary, it has universal implications for the whole of the world. Mm. So that's why we say in this biblical theology, we understand this Israelite sanctuary as a presentation of the whole of God creation, not just Israel. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the beasts also had to do with uh, a world dominion at the time as the world was known. So it makes sense to continue with that worldly... Correct, with the total world dominion. Correct. Exactly right. It, it, this is because these beasts represent world empires. Yeah. And if you will, all of them represent the totality of world empires and they, therefore the totality of the world. Yeah. Now we have this sanctuary in the context of the totality of the world. Yeah, not just within Israel. Mm-hmm. So, so when we talk about ram and gold, this is not just representation of Israel, but this is representation for the whole world. This is what's also interesting: is mm-hmm. that creation of the world happened in how many days? Seven, literal. Yes, mm-hmm. and creation of the world, you could say there were seven stages or seven days, but the creation of sanctuary was also in seven stages, according to Exodus forty chapter. Chapter 40, verse 33. Okay. When world was cre- finished, when world was created, God says that it was finished and it was very good. God finished the work in seven days. And you have the kind of the same expression after the sanctuary was built. So also Solomon's temple was done in seven stages. Oh, so wow, again, okay. you have this, this implication how the sanctuary and creation or totality of God's creation are connected. So it's not just the Israel's phenomena, but the world's phenomena. Okay, yes, yes. What is also interesting is that on this day, no work whatsoever could be done. On the day of judgment or Yom Kippur, no work was to be done at all. Okay. Was it on a Sabbath though? Or Yeah, uh, it could have fallen on any day, could have fallen on Wednesday, on whatever day, but no work was was to be done on that day. There's some solemnity, some sacredness about this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, for Israelites, Kippur symbolized the purification of the world, or Mm -hmm. through recreation. And this is interesting that in verse 14, it's uh, again, uh, a clear connection between creation and a judgment because it says, verse 14, and he said to me, it will take 
2,300 evenings and mornings. Where do you find also expression about evening and morning? In creation time. In the creation story. Mm -hmm. So there is a connection between the judgment and creation. So there's no, there's no doubt about that. Mm, okay. Okay. So there was an evening and there was a morning first day, which means that the Holy One, blessed be He, Israel, would, uh, it would have been read on the day of, of Yom Kippur. Mm -hmm. Blessed be He, He gave them one day, which is none other than the day of Yom Kippur. Yeah. What you could basically say that on the day of creation, God created this uh, amazingly perfect first couple. Adam and Eve, they were new creation, they were new people. And on the day of judgment, after people were forgiven, you have new beginning, like a new creation. Okay, yeah. Like recreation, basically. So that's that's really what, what Yom Kippur was meant to see. Once once you deal with the problem of sin, it's like a like a new creation, like mm. a recreation, if you will. Okay. So when, when you look at the book of Daniel, what you find is really true salvation uh, is not just a spiritual reality, but it's, it's, it's historical reality. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Uh, as is judgment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So salvation happened in, in a real history and in, in a symbolic way, it was being played out in sanctuary through this sacrifice and what happened with sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But it represented reality of when Messiah would come and become a sacrificial lamb and literally die, die for our sins. This was a historical reality. Okay. By the same token, judgment is also historical reality. Mm-hmm. So, coming back to Daniel, what we found previously is that, that the time element in the book of Daniel is important. Mm -hmm. All we know from what we encountered in, in chapter 7 is that time, times, and half a time was given for the persecution of saints. Yes, yes. Yeah, but no starting time was given. So, that mm. is still kind of hanging in the air. Okay. So, in chapter 7... We, we have this expression uh, or text that says he will, he will speak against the Most High, which is the uh, little horn power, mm -hmm. and oppress his holy people and try to change times and laws. The holy people will be delivered into his hands for time, times, and half a time. Right. But then the court will sit and his power will be taken away. Okay, yes. So the persecution of the saints will kind of precede judgment. Judgment will take place after this persecution of saints spoken of in the book of Daniel chapter 7. And then in chapter 8, when it talks about these 2,300 evenings and mornings, it mm -hmm. says, Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to him, How long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled? Mm -hmm. the, the vision concerning the daily. Yes. The, uh, the vision concerning this, this cleansing of a sanctuary. And then he said, he said to me, it will take 2,300 evenings and mornings, the sanctuary will be cleansed. Okay, that's, yeah, verse 14, yep. So in chapter 7, we know that the court will sit and power of a little horn will be taken away. Mm -hmm. 
And in chapter 8, he said, he said to me, it will take 2,300 mornings and the sanctuary will be cleansed. So these two events, these two sentences are describing one and the same event. Okay. I'm talking about judgment that will sit, that will be seated in the heavenly uh, uh, places. Mm -hmm. And the other other one talks about it in the context of uh, of a heavenly sanctuary being cleansed. It's one and the same event. Yes. So, obvious question is, 2,300 evenings and mornings, what is this? Yeah. Is this 2,300 days? Mm -hmm. That's one question. Literal days. When do we start counting this? Yes, yes. When was this fulfilled? What has this got to do with an overall picture of the world? Because this is obviously... not so much to do with Israel, because this is in a context of global mm, happenings. Global effects, yes. And this is going to obviously take place during the Fourth Empire, because this is to do with a little horn power. Yes, yes, it's right there. So there are a lot of questions. But what we what we realize is that when Daniel received this vision given to him, and as he was listening to these two holy ones speaking, it became so overwhelming. The scene was so powerful and overwhelming that, that Daniel literally fell like dead. And he had to be kind of almost revived. Yes. And he basically finishes in chapter chapter 8, finishes with the expression, I, Daniel, had no clue in relation to this vision regarding 2,300 evenings and mornings. So if he doesn't know at the end of chapter 8, so we also do not know at the end of chapter 8. So we cannot say that we don't know anything. What we know is that Mm -hmm. we are expecting that this judgment of universal proportions, of universal importance, Yeah would take place somewhere during the fourth kingdom. The little horn. But we don't know much more than that. When is this going to happen, etc., we don't know. We know that it will be a judgment where, according to chapter 7, the one who is like the son of man will take charge of that judgment. He will be the judge. That it will be taking place in absentia of people because... It is heavenly beings who are present, heavenly courtroom, when this judgment is taking place, and humans are in abstentia. But it is their cases which are brought before God and, and, and heavenly witnesses. Mm. But when is this going to take place? Uh, uh, we simply have no answer at this point in time. What is this 2,300 evenings and mornings? Is this literal days? Or, or So we, we need to find out. Uh, this next time, when you look at chapter 9. Excellent. So, what I'm gathering from what we spoke today is that there is a very important connection with the sacrificial system that was given to the people of God back in the time of Israel, that God established. But you mentioned something related to the creation. It goes back, there's a linkage in there, and it's interesting because the reality is that the sacrificial system it might not necessarily have been established really for the Israelites. It was back then at creation time. Nevertheless, there was a sanctuary system. And, and that's the clue given in the book of Daniel. 
because obviously until now we you could always take it for granted that this was of a of a national or lo- or, or local significance not universal yes. but for the yes. first time in the book of daniel it is lifted up to universal proportions mm-hmm. because it is in a context of four kingdoms mm-hmm. that relate to four empires of the world and this judgment is important for everyone in the Absolutely. world. Absolutely. It makes sense. And and obviously ram and goat which were being sacrificed in um, in Israel for Yom Kippur now we need to take in a con- universal context. Mm, mm. And obviously for us we know that th- this would represent Jesus. Right. Within a context of a judgment. That was the other thing that I was going to mention as well that you mentioned that catches my attention which is the idea that it was a very sacred thing you mentioned that there was very specific guidelines given to the people of Israel back then now it's uni- it's universal because it makes sense it doesn't make sense to go back to a local context having that we've been talking about worldwide dominion 100% and and there was sacredness but also they were back in the in the type of system that God established himself for the people of God who were following him at the time um only specific people could do this service. And that caught my attention because, again, here you're mentioning, you know, this is Christ. Exactly. Only only Christ could do this. He was pres- he's presiding. Yes, yes. He is no longer uh, an earthly high priest. Right. And also another, another, another uh, uh, interesting detail is when you, when you think about sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Now, for 2,000 years, there was no sanctuary in Israel. Mm. Isn't that a phenomena which is almost like a supernatural miracle <laughs> that for 2000 years there was there has not been an earthly sanctuary in Jerusalem right which tells you that god wants to place the eyes of people not on earthly Jerusalem and sanctuary mm. but on heavenly one right which will involve everybody it is supernatural miracle there's no longer high priest there's only one high priest and that is Jesus Christ mm. and he is he is in his heavenly sanctuary that is so interesting, Zeni. So that tells you again that this, the reality of a sanctuary is now universal. Mm. It's no longer just the national one mm. and a local one. I appreciate that so much because I never had sat down to think about what you just said. The fact that, you know, Israel, as we know it right now, they're in freedom. They could do, you know, whatever they want. They could have come back and establish. Well, that's a problem. They would like to, but they don't want, they can't. Because the the place where the <laughs> temple was, it's now Omar's mosque. Or, yeah, it's or, taking or half and half. Third, third holy place for Muslims, so they can't build it there, which is quite inconvenient. But it's I, I, once again I say this is supernatural miracle of mm, God to mm. turn away the eyes of people from the earthly one to the heavenly one. Absolutely, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Seni. That again makes much sense and gives us so much context for us to now go back perhaps and, and indeed embed ourselves and immerse ourselves into the study of, of, of the second part of Daniel chapter 8. So um, I'm guessing you're going to share with us what follows then after in Daniel chapter 9 next time we talk. Yes. Uh, and it follows from this idea yes. of this sanctuary, this cleansing, this Yom Kippur, that it becomes like a universal matter now, which is important yes. because it influences everybody who listens to this. It influences, it, it matters to you and I, regardless of our descendants. So it's lovely. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you, Zeni. I appreciate the insights again. 
Thank you so much. No, please do Okay, well, there you have it, family. You have listened to the second part, the special episode about the continuation of Chapter 8. I hope that you come back so that you can join us as we unpack Chapter 9 and what happened there as Daniel is talking that something else come in, that God brought to his mind something related to prophecies that were given, that were relevant to him. But then he said, hey, you know, I need to know something about this. So come back again and listen to the podcast as we unpack ideas related to chapter 9. Until then, we hope that you hold fast unto Jesus Christ, the only one who can make this ministry possible for yours and my salvation. And remember something, we have chosen today to love God. How about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.